0: decide to put extra money into your policy it may even grow faster so this money is available while you're alive for whatever you want
1: does that mean that we have to pay till age 100 or until I die? and if that happens uh, then we have no money to pay for the basic cost of insurance at which point the insurance company will come back to us as a client and say you need to put more money in.
0: How's my financial health doc? Welcome to the financial literacy podcast for healthcare professionals, where financial security and wealth topics are not a taboo.
1: Welcome back everybody to How's My Financial Health Doc podcast. Today is a beautiful sunny day in June and spring is here. The governments have started opening businesses and people are allowed to go out and stay in their familial bubble and I think uh, things will start to reopen up soon. I think we are seeing some light at the end of the bu- of the tunnel and hopefully things will get better from here on but we still can't let our guards down in this episode we're going to delve more into the different vehicles to help protect our financial security we've talked a lot about life insurance we initially talked about term insurance and we and we dove deep into that product. Today, we are going to dive deep into another product called Universal Life Insurance. Universal Life Insurance is a life insurance product with the addition of an investment vehicle. And so it is a little bit more sophisticated than a simple term life insurance. And with us, again, we're going to have Terry, my uh, very good friend uh, to discuss the uh, product of universal life insurance because universal life insurance is a product that is a insurance product with an investment vehicle at the same time. It is a little bit more sophisticated, so it is being used as one of the vehicles to uh, protect ourselves in the first uh, step of the pyramid. Of the financial pyramid but it could also be used as an investment tool so it is beyond that first level of uh, protection and risk mitigation many use uh, universal life insurance uh, as a basic insurance but also to plan for retirement it is also a very good tool for legacy building as well Hey Terry, welcome to the show. And we're gonna be picking your brain again today. So thank you for coming on. Hi Boo, thanks for having me back. I'm looking forward to this uh, very important subject. Let's get at it. Very good, so let's just uh, jump right in. Um, So Terry, there's a lot of insurance products out there, obviously. Uh, And now we're moving into the more sophisticated types. And one of them is uh, one of the whole life type of insurances. And this one particular is called universal life. So um, explain why it's called universal life and what is the basic understanding of it?
0: So as you said, Vu, universal life insurance is a permanent type of insurance that provides you protection that can change with you over time. So it allows you to uh, invest in a flexible and affordable lifelong life insurance. It gives you options for putting extra money into your policy where the accumulated value can grow tax-free while within the policy. And then from there, you can access access that money as your lifestyle changes. You might decide to leave a larger legacy for your named beneficiaries, Over time, you also have the opportunity to reduce payments if your cash is needed elsewhere, or to increase payments to accelerate the growth.
1: Okay. yeah, you said two things that are quite important. Uh, One is a term you use, permanent, uh, which means that uh, this is for the entire life. You are insured until time of death. That's what I understand, correct, Terry?
0: You're exactly right.
1: The second thing you mentioned was about being able to pay different amounts uh, on a monthly basis. So the premium that you pay is fairly is fairly flexible. Um, I could choose to pay the minimum, or I could choose to overcontribute, and so the monthly payment can vary significantly uh, based on where I am in my profession and how much money I can make.
0: Yes, that is also correct, Boo.
1: Very good. So now that we know um, the there's two components to it, one being the insurance and the other one being an investment uh, and how flexible this could be, um, help us understand how the policy is uh, structured. What makes it an investment and what pays for the uh, insurance premium?
0: So this is how universal life insurance works. Here are the details. So when you make an insurance payment, we call the premium, it goes into your policy's cash value account. To pay for your policy, we deduct what's called cost of insurance from that account. If there's money left over in the account afterward, it automatically is invested based on your choices and risk tolerance. Then, over time, your account's value may grow. And if your your investments perform well, or if you decide to put extra money into your policy, it may even grow faster. So this money is available while you're alive for whatever you want. For example, some of the things people use that money for, pay for kids' education, Or your retirement, borrow money from your policy and pay it back over time or withdraw money permanently.
1: I think it's uh, very important what you said while you're alive so this is not just death insurance is living insurance.
0: You can also use the money left over in your account to cover your cost of insurance meaning you may not have to make regular payments.
1: Okay great so what I understand now is that there's two components to this uh, uh, policy Um, so out of that uh, money out of the cash amount uh, a certain amount is used to pay for the uh, cost of insurance uh, which is based on uh, level cost up to age 100 so that would be the uh, amount that you have to pay uh, as if you live to age 100. And that's why it's called a uh, permanent life insurance as well.
0: Yes, that, that's a basic understanding. For
1: Perfect. So now let's just move on to the uh, investment portion of this uh, insurance product. And so the first question I have, Terry, is who decides uh, what to invest in? And second, what are the different uh, types of products um, we can invest within this uh, insurance
0: so how you invest is up to you you're the one that's going to decide how to invest the money according to your investment style and how much risk you're comfortable with and and the way we figure that out is that we'll sit down with you your advisor and go over a risk tolerance questionnaire which is approximately 14 or 15 questions And that will determine the level of risk you're comfortable with to
1: proceed. That sounds good, Terry. So um, what about the different options uh, for products? What are they? So the different options can consist of
0: a basic GIC, which is going to pay you one or two percent over a certain term. You also have index funds For example, European equity or Canadian equity or U.S. index funds. Or you could go with fixed income or global fixed income index funds. And then depending on the carrier, you may have a choice of various mutual funds. They could be anywhere from very conservative to balanced to 100% equity.
1: Okay, got it. So these are uh, mainly mutual funds, or index funds, or even uh, as conservative, conservative as GICs. But what I understand is we cannot buy individual stocks within these plans. Is that correct?
0: That's correct, Vu. Individual stocks would be considered much too risky inside the Universal Life Policy.
1: Thank you for that. So now that I have to put um, money in this uh, cash um, account to pay for the uh, premium of the insurance and the remaining for the investment. So the question is, what is the minimum I can put in? Uh, I'm assuming that the minimum is at least the cost of the insurance. But the question is, what is the maximum and how would I know how to calculate that?
0: So you're right, the minimum is, set as the level cost of insurance from the time you purchase the policy to age 100. The maximum is generally in the range of three to five times that. It's set by a formula by the Canada, by the CRA, Canada Riverview Agency, and it's based on things like your age, the length of the term, and or the amount of the death benefit the maximum will be set up at the time that you set up the policy and stays that way for the duration that you have the policy in force I just want to remind people that the minimum is the level cost of insurance set to age 100
1: does that mean that we have to pay till age 100 or until I die
0: no when when you buy the policy you Choose from options that let you finish paying for your policies insurance cost in 10, 15, or even 20 years. Or you can pay the same over the life of the policy. It's really your choice.
1: Thank you. I, I was really afraid that I had to pay until I die for this. So now that we understand the structure of this type of policy. Uh, I see already a few uh, positives uh, and um, advantages of this policy over the term insurance. So let's discuss a little bit about the pros and cons of this insurance vehicle. From your perspective as an advisor and a financial planner, what would you say the advantages and disadvantages of this particular type of policy are?
0: Yeah, so let me address some of the things that I think are pros. First of all, the nice thing is you have a policy that is permanent and provides you with a level of cost of insurance to age 100. The other thing is you know for sure this is going to pay out. As long as you're paying the premiums, it will pay out at some point or other. And by the way, if you live to age 100, it pays out at age 100. Something to look forward to. You also have an investment component that grows tax-free. Alternatively, you have the flexibility to either reduce or increase your payments. And going back to the investment component, you have a wide choice of investment options.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely understand what you mean. I mean, as a healthcare professional, I understand that DEF is 100%. And so having a policy that follows me my entire life is definitely an advantage. And that's why it's a permanent life insurance, which is very different from a term insurance, because if we decide that it's too expensive to renew uh, because we are now 55 years old or so or 65 years old and we now have acquired different type of illnesses, the monthly payment for the term may be prohibitive so that I no longer can afford it. So I stopped that life insurance, which means uh, whatever I paid until then is lost. Uh, And so term life insurance is not permanent life insurance. And whole life, one of its advantage is that it does stay with you at level cost until uh, age 100, where you uh, before meet death or if you don't meet death, um, your value comes back to you all tax-free. Uh, Because you mentioned that the growth is tax-free, but the payout is also tax-free. Is that right, Terry?
0: That's correct, Vu. On on death, the death benefit to your beneficiaries is tax-free.
1: So if I do live till age 100 and I get that payout, is the payout also 100% tax-free?
0: Yes, it is, Vu.
1: Yeah, coming back to uh, in terms of renewable term insurance. So, depending on the carrier, most uh, companies will not allow you coverage beyond age uh, 85 uh, or even 80. So, if I'm buying a term 10, the latest I could renew is age 75. Or if I'm buying a term 20, uh, the latest I can buy is age 65. But I understand from you, Terry, that some some companies only allow you up to age 80 and not even 85, whereas in universal life or permanent life, uh, they go up to age 100.
0: Yeah, that's right, Boo. So let's take a look at the cons. So when you talk about cost and compared to term, permanent insurance could seem to be more expensive uh as well depending on the carrier the cost of the the underlying investments can be costly some of the mutual funds can have service costs or management fees of two three or even slightly higher percent which is quite exorbitant and then The underlying value of the cash account could go negative depending on the investment
1: yeah I understand what you're saying so depending on what we chose in terms of our investments um, for example if we invested in mutual funds or index funds that are part of the market then we suffer the same volatility as the market and if the market is down, and is significantly down, and we lose 30% or 35% like we did uh, back in 2008, uh, then we could be losing quite a lot of money in our cash account. And in fact, we could go into the negatives. And if that happens, uh, then we have no money to pay for the basic cost of insurance, at which point the insurance company will come back to us as a client and say, you need to put more money in. And so that could be a situation that could be quite dangerous uh, later in your life if you purchase life insurance and you did not expect that uh, the cost of insurance would not be covered by the policy. And so there's definitely a risk of having a down market and driving a negative value in your cash account. And that could create a problematic situation for some people. And even in the very worst outcome, because it's negative, and the value and the cost of your uh, insurance is high, uh, it could actually collapse the policy if you have uh, no money or no funds to put back into the cash account.
0: Yes, that's exactly some of the problems that were run into, particularly at in that period of time, 2008, 2009, where the policies were modeled on 10, 12 and even 14% growth. We don't model them that way anymore, so we don't tend to run into those problems. But however, if you ran into a long period of extended decline in equity markets and your policy was set up for aggressive growth, you might get into some issues.
1: I definitely do not want those issues to come up at uh, age 65 or 75. And so this could represent a risk to the policy for sure.
0: And and again, Vu, you're right. That's where your risk tolerance comes into play. So where you might have your policy set up for growth in your younger years, age 35, 45, by the time you're 65 and 75, you probably want to be going to fixed income or GICs in the underlying account.
1: This is where the flexibility comes in. So I guess I can always modify the, my choices and the options uh, of what I can invest or want to invest in. Right, Terry?
0: That's exactly right, Boo.
1: And so now that we've uh, gone to uh, great length to understand this, uh, let's use an example to illustrate what we mean. Uh, So Terry, if I, um, let's say you're with a client, uh, female, 35 years old, uh, interested in a um, face value policy, uh, let's call death benefit uh, of $1 million in life insurance. uh, What would a a UL uh, look like in terms of uh, payment?
0: So that client with a million dollar face value or death benefit, like you say, you would look be looking at a minimum premium to age 100 of six thousand five hundred and seventy one dollars annually that same policy you would be able to have a maximum annual investment of up to thirty thousand seven hundred and thirty three dollars
1: so what you mean terry is that the minimum uh, amount of six thousand five hundred seventy one is the actual cost of the insurance, which is the level insurance till age one hundred. Uh, but the maximum you mentioned thirty thousand seven hundred thirty three, which is the amount that you pay into the cash amount. But the investment amount is actually thirty thousand seven thirty three minus the six thousand five hundred seventy one, which equals. So $24,000 and change uh, is invested into the vehicles that I have chosen or this 35-year-old female would have chosen. So this is the amount for a level cost premium uh, till age 100. Uh, Terry, give me the illustration of what it would like if I wanted to pay this in 20 years as opposed to up to age 100.
0: Yeah. So question. So alternatively, if you wanted to set this up as a 20 pay, your minimum now is eleven thousand one hundred and forty two dollars annually. This allows you to pay the policy off in 20 years and provides enough funding into the cash account to pay the policy off for the rest of your life.
1: Okay, very nice, very nice. So we've got a good illustration of what that could look like. Uh, and definitely compared to term insurance, uh, it's definitely much uh, more expensive, but this is a level until age 100, but also allows us to um, uh, over contribute and put some money into uh, savings and investment uh, that grows tax-free, and also pays out tax-free. I'm not sure that people realize, but if you have maxed out your RRSP, and so for example, 2019 RRSP's amount limit was 26,000 and change. Uh, And if you have maxed out for that year, and you'd still have additional money, where do you put it? Anywhere that you put it and any investment outside of a registered account will be taxed uh, as capital gains. But if you uh, use it in a vehicle like this where you can invest it in an insurance policy, the invested money grows tax-free and also pays out tax-free at the end. So think about the universal life um, investment. Uh, as an investment in the cash account where the amount is growing tax-free and also distributed tax-free which is another advantage in comparison to the RRSP because the RSP has to come out in a RIF and it's taxed as uh, usual income. different strategies could be used uh, to um, utilize universal life insurance uh, as a retirement plan and a legacy building plan and so terry i want to uh, jump into different strategies that we can use with this type of uh, life insurance uh, either personally owned or owned through the corporation so let's just get into the different strategies that uh, terry you uh, counsel your clients on uh, maneuvering through these decisions Uh, what are the different strategies that are available for this type of life insurance
0: so so one of the great benefits of for physicians anyways is that they're able to incorporate their practice and the universal life policy can be owned either personally or corporately And so one of the strategies I counsel on is what's called the insured retirement plan. And this is a strategy where the life policy is taken out on the life of the shareholder. So in the case of a physician that is incorporated, it will be on their life, but owned by the corporation.
1: Terry, you say a physician but really it's anybody that has a professional corporation or even in the case of a small business owner who's incorporated, the corporation can do that uh, and buy the policy on behalf of the shareholder which is the business owner. So this is a corporate uh, owned strategy, not a personally owned strategy.
0: And so once the policy is owned by the corporation, it can The premium can now be paid for by the corporation. And at time of death, the death benefit, which includes the face value and any accumulated cash value pays to the corporation. From there, those monies can flow through what's called the capital dividend account to the life insured's estate. So I mentioned that By having the corporation own the policy, we talked about it being an insured retirement plan. So let's talk about the retirement portion. So we mentioned that the death benefit is made up of the original face value, but also a cash value. Well, that actual cash value, as it grows over time, can be collateralized at any financial institution as a line of credit and subsequently be used to supplement your retirement funding
1: thank you for sharing this strategy terry and i just want to bring the attention to the fact that this strategy can only be done because of the cash value sitting inside the policy and the cash value is the important aspect here not so much the life insurance. And so this strategy of insured retirement plan can only be done due to the amount inside the cash value, which does not exist in a term life insurance. And so one cannot do that with a term life insurance. And so there is no, uh, insured retirement plan possible using just a term life insurance. We forgot to mention this, but this is another advantage. Of the universal life insurance the fact that it could be used in a specific strategy for uh, small business owners or people who have professional corporations to be used as a insured retirement plan and I really want to stress that fact that this particular strategy is eligible for any professional corporation and for any small business owner that has a corporation So it's definitely not meant just for physicians. It is meant for all healthcare professionals that can incorporate, namely physicians, dentists, nurse practitioners, optometrists, chiropractors, and I believe even physiotherapists. And why not? Even lawyers, I guess. Thank you very much, Terry, for spending the time with us uh, and allowing us to uh, pick your brain. I hope your brain is not too painful today uh, with all the questions that we've bombarded you with.
0: No, it's been uh, my pleasure again to participate in this podcast. I think we're talking about a lot of good things and a lot of good options for people's financial well-being.
1: Okay, then Uh, we're going to let you go now and I'll have you back next time when we're gonna be talking about another type of uh, insurance policies, uh, permanent life or participating life. Thanks, Terry. Thank you very much. And I hope that everyone enjoyed this podcast on the topic of universal life insurance, which is only another type of life insurance, but slightly more sophisticated than term insurance. I will see you guys next time, and I hope that you enjoy the nice weather. Bye-bye. How is my financial health doc podcast is hosted by Dr. Vukit Tran. Dr. Tran is a physician with a special interest in personal financial security and wealth education. Dr. Tran does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through this financial podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment or legal advice. Please confer with your advisor, lawyer or accountant for specific advice.